smoking on your top five tonight. Tonight. What is up guys, it's Super Mario Gonzalez here I'm back with a special baseball podcast for opening day So, of course, opening day is back And fans packed stadiums all across the nation To see their teams play baseball And of course, me being a Miami Marlins fan I will give you the lowdown on all things Fish Here in this segment So, Miami Marlins played the San Francisco Giants Kings of the NL West They dropped the series 2-1 to one. But however, don't be fooled because the Fish played hard and kept all games close. In fact, all of the games for the third time in franchise history were decided by only one lone run. So what happened with the Marlins? Um, to be more specifically, it was mainly the middle of the order, the heart of the lineup that they had troubles converting on. Garrett Cooper, Jesus Aguilar, and Avasil Garcia, both the 4, 5, and 6 hitters, went 3 for 11, 2 for 13, and 1 for 13, respectively. And they went 0 for 7 yesterday in from runners in scoring positions. It just seemed that the Marlins couldn't convert on those big-time hits. And it's just that it might have been a product of the shortened spring training, but more importantly, they needed to get something going. And the fact that their bullpen was keeping them in the game was a big positive for them. In fact, um, many good players such as Stephen Okert and Anthony Bender struck out multiple um, in their way to holding the Giants. In fact, their lone win came when the bullpen, after a bad showing, giving up six runs to the Giants, held them to only one. And even though the Marlins only scored two, it's all about the ending scoreline. So... What were the big positives of the opening day? Of course, Jazz Chisholm was a huge one. Although he missed game two due to unknown reasons um, and Mattingly keeping him out of the lineup, um, games one and three were just spectacular and just showed what the Marlins star was all about. In game one, he hit a go-ahead home run in the ninth inning to, to take the Marlins into a closing situation. If we see more of this for him on a daily basis, I think it's safe to say that he is well on his way to an all-star game. And then game three, he made a spectacular diving catch to keep the Marlins errorless throughout the series. And although they dropped two um, on game two, it was still a great defensive showing from the infield. And the outfield also had many good parts, such as Jorge Soler robbing a home run run in game two of the series so i think while everything came together it just wasn't meant to be for the marlins and i think the fact that they came and gave three amazing games to one of the best teams in the nl last year really goes to show how far the fish have come and it's not just within the way they play the game it's also within their mindset as well this is a ball club that really wants to win. They're tired of being the bottom dwellers of the NL East and want to make a push. Right now, I think it's safe to say that the Marlins are contending right now. I mean, you see it with their po prospects and all, with Sixto Sanchez and Cabrera being both number one and number two, respectively. I think the Marlins have really built up themselves to make it so they want to give Miami a winning baseball team once again. It has been two years since the Marlins last won a playoff game in that COVID-shortened season, and they want to prove to themselves that it was not a fluke, that the Miami Marlins are really here to stay as, as Miami's winning baseball team. I think we see this most prominently within the clubhouse itself. Mattingly, giving a post-conference interview, said that this was not indicative of the Marlins' performance in regards to the offense. To go him, he says, offensively, I think this is not really an indication of what we are going to be. Um, this shows, I think, two things. One, that Mattingly is no longer in these moral victories. As you know, before in these past couple of seasons, Mattingly in a series like this, when they're facing a top playoff um, team and a team that constantly wins its division year in, year out, he settles on the little victories, the ones that... You know, the Marlins, they're an underdog, let's be honest. And they're looking in there to maybe steal a game from the Giants and then get out of there with a win. But even though we did that this series, Mattingly's more focused on what we can do to win as a ball club. He criticized the offense, which 
I think is a great way to proving that we should be going for wins instead of just looking at the little victories along the way. We're no longer a small market team just trying to stay afloat in a bit in a very tough division. We're trying to be that team that makes the division tough. And I think that really shows how far we've come. Um, the rebuild has been going on for a few years now, as you know, in 2018, when we sold off Yelich, Stanton and such to acquire a whole load of prospects and picks. And while I will say that the fire sale may not have been the best move at the time, I feel that has worked wonders and has made me excited for this year to come. The Miami Marlins are a team that I would say I look forward to looking at the season. And I say this for the first time since 2017, really, because we are looking at a team that has young talent, has signed a World Series MVP, and has one of the best aces in baseball right now with Sandy Alcantara, who could actually push for a Cy Young Award. The Marlins are the team that I feel will sur surprise a lot of people. And I feel like this could be the first season in a long time where we could be playing over 500 ball. And the Marlins, I feel, have not been really been getting a big chance for, from the media. I mean, look at Jazz Chisholm, for example. Jazz Chisholm, in any other big market such as New York or L.A., would have been getting all the spotlight on him. He's been making web gems and hitting home runs for as long as he's been in the league, yet he hasn't been really given that big chance. And I feel this is going to be the year where he has that breakout year. We've already seen it in games one and three. I feel if he continues that place up, pace up, he will for sure be a bona fide star in this league. And speaking of bona fide stars is Jorge Soler. I think having a big signing like that really gets the Cuban population, which supports the Marlins a lot, um, to rally behind this team. Jorge Soler, of course, was last year's World Series MVP. And in an interview with Marlins TV has said that his goal is to bring a World Series again to the fish. Of course, we've been hearing that since 2003. But I feel like this could be different. I'm not saying that we're going to win the World Series this year, as I think that's putting expectations a little too lofty. But one or two years from now, I feel we're definitely going to be in contention with our great farm system and our amazing bats. I think that the Marlins have the potential to go all the way at some point. And I feel it's really what we put in behind this team. I think it's the faith that we have in the Marlins that makes it so that we can really get behind this team. Of course, we've been a jo joked about a lot with our attendance numbers, but it's mainly because of the product on the field. Now with the Marlins building their team to make it so that they can win some ball games, I think for sure we're going to have a big community around us in Little Havana go for the Marlins and come to their games a lot, proving that we're just not some ordinary small market team that doesn't draw a lot of team, a lot of attendance. No, we are a team here to stay and here to make our mark on baseball. I think a third World Series could be coming to South Florida as soon, sooner than we think. And I think that the Marlins are really going to be that team that we look upon like the Heat and the Dolphins to really win us some championships. Anyway, that's all the time I have for this segment. Next segment, I'll throw it over to Sabrina where she will talk about the Houston Astros and their opening day experiences. And then so on segment three, we're going to come together and talk about some of the changes we've seen in baseball. So once again, this is Super Mario Gonzalez on Slam Radio, Series XM, Channel 145. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I get it. Your desk has been there for you. Holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try, just the two of us. You and I. Oh, you, to, you forgot that. Just the two of us. Oh, the two of us. We're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. 
Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall. It's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Tastes like strawberries on a summer evening. And it sounds just like a song. Hey guys, and you're here with Sabrina, aka SoFlo. And as you guys may know, my favorite MLB team is the Houston Astros. And I know I usually always get the backlash from it, and I'm actually quite used to it now. Um, every time I meet someone like that's a baseball fan and they're like, oh, what team do you go for? And I'm like, the Astros. They like right away, like put on a face of disappointment and they're like, oh, no, you're one of those people. So, yeah, I'm used to it. I mean, all I could do now is like really defend them and just say my part. So actually, I'm going to go over some of like my expectations for this season and kind of like rewind how they did last season and how I expect for this season, actually. So one of the main things people always say about them is like, oh, they're cheating. So now every time when you see them like in a World Series or anything like that, it's like, oh, you can't believe them. They cheated. And it's like you'd actually think now they would actually do the opposite to prove to like the league and to the fans like, oh, we actually can make it. We're good like ourselves. Um, and actually since that 2017 scandal, They've gone to the World Series twice, once in 2019 and then once in 2021. Um, 2020 was that COVID year that it was the Dodgers and the Rays. But other than that, I mean, we went to the World Series again in 2019. We ended up losing to the Nationals, but, you know, we took it to a seven-game series. We fought our way into it. And I think that right there proved enough after having such a scandal come out and then you know I would think you want to try and prove yourself from here after having such like accusations on you that ended up being true um you'd want to come back and redeem yourself and kind of show to the league to everyone that you know you are meant to be here you do earn what you get and that you can do it without cheating per se so yeah I mean they took it to seven game series and then in 2021 they actually went to the World Series again. Um, this one, they fell short a little more against the Braves. They lost for the two instead of taking it all the way. But, you know, I think they've proved a lot since. And I think they still have a lot more to prove because people still don't believe them. And I mean, people probably never will. That's something that really can taint your reputation as a team, um, as a player per se, maybe you move to another team and even then there you're still look at Garrett Cole. Um, he ended up going to the Yankees and people still question him. And, you know, it just follows you around. So that's not something that you kind of want and you want to redeem yourself from that show that that's not who you are. Um, and I think that's what they kind of did do. And I think they're still on the road to that. Um, this season 
is seems to be a promising season. Last season was very promising and they took it all the way. Um, they went as far as they could. I think they could have beat the Braves, but, you know, they fell a little short. Um, this season has gone to a great start already. You know, we won the series 3-1 to the Angels. And, I mean, everyone's starting to hit already. Look, Bregman already has two home runs. Um, he's actually leading the team right now in RBIs with six RBIs. Two home runs actually leading also in hits, six hits and runs with four runs. He's he seems like he's going to have a really promising season. Maybe this is going to be like his ultimate season. Um, you know, players normally have that one season where they just show out as much as they can. I feel like this is going to be that year for Bregman. Um, if you also look at Kyle Tucker last year, he had a very impressive season. He came out and he proved that he should be there. So I think he's going to get a lot more playing time this season. And I think he's going to show his worth. Speaking about showing your worth, I feel like someone that is really going to step up to the plate is going to be Jeremy Pena. Like, he has a lot of pressure right now, um, just making it up to the big leagues and, you know, having to fill in the shoes of Carlos Correa as our new shortstop. Um, but as he said himself, he was like, I want to play my game and I don't need to fill anyone else's shoes. Which, it's true, people are going to be constantly comparing him to Correa in these upcoming weeks, months, maybe the rest of the season. And, you know, that's a lot to, like, be compared to. But as he said, like, he's his own person, he's his own player. Um, obviously, he's not going to be Correa. And I think he's already starting to show what he's made of. He already hit a home run. Um, that was actually a cute moment because his parents were getting interviewed and... As that moment is when he hits his first career, like first MLB ever home run. And I think that was like a really nice moment. But other than that, um, Altuve had a bit of a rocky start. Uh, that's my favorite player, actually. But he had five strikeouts this series and he already has a .083 batting average so far. Um, that's a big difference to the batting average leader right now, which would be Bregman with a .429. So I think Altuve has some catching up to do. Um, I mean, the season literally just started, so I'm not fearing that at all. I mean, he's in the lineup. He's our starting hitter. Yeah, I think he's fine. I think he just needs to, like, get back into it, find his groove again. But like I said, the season just started, so it might have just been, like, a bad series. Everyone has those. Um, another one that... Well, but he's always kind of been like that would be like Martin Maldonado. Right now, his batting average is a 0, zero, zero. Um, I mean, last last season, he ended with a .172 batting average. Uh, we saw in the World Series that, you know, normally he's not like the one that you want to come up to hit if you have like per se like bases low there or whatever. I mean, he does pull through sometimes, but it's not always there. That's... Normally why he's like probably like ninth batter. He's normally towards the end of the lineup. Um, hopefully this season is different for him. But I mean, he definitely proves his worth when it comes to catching wise. So that's why I'm, I'm not worried with him or anything. Now, last but not least, pitching. Pitching is so important in baseball. If you don't have pitching, you're you're done for. Like a pitcher can solely win the game for you. And I think our possible rotation is going to be pretty solid. So it'll start off with Justin Verlander. Um, I know he is coming off of Tommy John surgery from last season, but I think he's going to come back better and stronger. And I think he's really going to pull through this season. Uh, after that, we'll have Framber Valdez. He's been pretty good. He had um, probably like his best season in 2021, actually with 134 innings and a 3.14 ERA. That is, like, really good. And then after that, we'll have Luis Garcia, followed by probably Jake Odorizzi. And then probably Jose Urquidy. I don't know if I pronounced that right. I never could. So I know we lost Granky to the Royals, but, you know, I think our pitching staff will be fine. I think we'll do just fine. And... I expect a lot from us this season. I have a prediction that we'll probably go around like 91 wins and 71 losses. That's just a prediction. I am not sure. I think we can go all the way to the World Series, but we'll see how it goes.
So go Astros and we'll be back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <laughs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information like your social security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Sam Radio has brought so much positivity into my life that allows so many young people to have a voice. I'm very thankful for this opportunity at Slam Radio. Not a lot of people get to say that they worked on the first radio station run inside a high school. I've learned so much from Frank the Tank. I've learned so much from Danny, from The Amigo. I've learned so much from them, and I thank them so much, and it means a lot to me. Slam Radio is a community. It just gives you opportunity. They give you opportunities that not many schools have. The people here are just great. Someone always has your back no matter what. It is definitely a place to leave your egos and your insecurities behind and just be yourself and all become one. I'm so thankful for everybody here at Slam Radio, and I'm thankful for this wonderful opportunity that I've been given to jumpstart my career. You are listening to Slam Radio on Sirius XM 145. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. XM channel 145. I'm joined by the one, the only, SoFlo. Hi. Rina Flores. What's going on? So, lot to get to in baseball. Opening week. Oof. And I want to know, did you know about the Clayton Kershaw incident that happened last night? Yes. So, I just want to know, what are your thoughts? So, for those who didn't know, Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game going into the eighth inning, and they pulled him straight up. And... It's just seen as a stupid decision because, well, there's only been 27 perfect games in MLB history. And to have one go that far, like even in the fifth inning, if you have a perfect game going, like you're, that's when you start paying attention and you start noticing it. But by the seventh, you're legit looking at this as a possibility because there's only six more outs left in the game, if you think about it. I mean, I can see both ways. Like, I personally think they should have kept him. Um, like you said, it's a very rare thing to happen, and he mm-hmm. had it under control. It's not like he was starting to lose control or anything. Yeah. But I see both ways. Like, they did have a shortened spring training. Um, his arm wasn't as, like, prepared as usual past seasons. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that he is coming back from the injury. Right. And he's had, like, previous pains. So it's, like, more like a precautious type of thing. But still, though, that's like baseball history right there. You don't interrupt that. Like, once he gives up a hit, okay, fine, pull him. But, like, if he hasn't given up a hit yet, like, come on. Or even a runner on base. Like, 
let's be honest here. Like, you got to call a spade a spade and be like, hey, this is baseball history. We're pretty much obstructing that by pulling him out. Like, you don't do that, man. He was on fire, too. He's throwing his stuff. Like, it's just it didn't make sense from Dave Roberts' perspective either. Like, I get it. Like, he was only at 80 pitches, too. It wasn't like he was at, like, 100 or 110. Like, you got to... Like, I know we're in this advanced stats metrics in baseball now where we're looking at pitchers' arms rotations more cautiously, but I think that if it gets in the way of something monumental like that, like Clayton Kershaw has thrown a no-hitter before, but to throw a perfect game, that's something only 27 other people have said they've done in their life and in history. So I think that you need to, you know, actually let this happen instead of just you know, calling him out of the game. But, man, I think it was just a messed up situation by Dave Roberts in general. Yeah, and even then, like, when you brought up the pitch count, it was expected if he would have pitched the whole game, mm-hmm. he would have get gotten, like, with how he was going, he would have gotten, like, maybe 103 pitches and ended the game like that. Exactly. So it's not like he was, like, exceeding by that much. I mean, if you look at the season, how it's gone so far, most starting pitchers haven't gone, like, past 100 pitches. Most have, like, barely reached 90 or reached 90. But I, th- I think he had it under control, and he could have finished it strong. So. Yeah. yeah, definitely, man. And I think just the season in general has been very interesting thus far. I mean, you see with the catchers and pitchers having, like, you know, the technology now on the wrist, you know, the pitch location indicator. But I don't know. I think, like, steal, like signs themselves, I get, like, you're Houston Hashros. Like we don't bring that up. We don't bring that out. But sign stealing was a part of the game. And to have it like removed in this capacity, I feel like you're ruining part of the game also. Thank you. I've been thinking exactly that. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. it's messing with the game. And I know a bunch of old school baseball fans will agree with that. Exactly. Like that's part of the game and changing it. It kind of like ruins piece of the game. Yeah. And that's the same thing with the automated strike zones that they're proposing next CBA. Like it's. The umpire's strike zone is a part, like, you're supposed to get used to the umpire's strike zone. Like, some umpires have a hitter's strike zone, some have a pitcher's strike zone. And that's something you deal with. Both teams have to deal with stealing signs and a bad strike zone. So it's not just one team benefiting off of another. But at the same time, we get it in, like, this technological age. If it's there, people just want the right call to be made. Like, for example, when they introduced challenging into the system, a lot of people thought that would just slow down the game more, but I think it's just generally benefited the game of baseball in general. Yeah, I per se like challenging. I feel like it's more accurate for the game. Mm-hmm. But something like the strike zone, uh, like you said, like it's part of the game to get used to. The, like the pitcher has to get used to what the umpire is calling. It's different every game. Different umpires have different strike zones, and it's part of the game to, as a pitcher, learn the umpire strike zone and kind of like adapt throughout the game and like the strike zone that technology version it's not going to be the same at all no at all it's going to be like especially angel hernandez he's a terrible umpire and we all know that but uh he has a certain charm when you face him it's like oh god it's going to be one of these games again but it's like that's the fun of it exactly that's the fun it brings out the fun in baseball i feel like if you make this all robotic you lose that fun that baseball has like baseball is not like any other sport where we need to be focusing on the most accurate most pristine thing because let's be honest baseball isn't all about accuracy i mean the best hitters in the world um only get on base a third of the time like we need to look at baseball as what can make the game more fun and i think umpires make that game definitely more fun for sure i i don't know i i don't agree with most technological changes and i mean in baseball now like everything is so watched over Mm. there's so many like stats and stuff that like even a couple years ago you'd never even heard of and everything's just all about technology now and how to make it better with technology yeah definitely these advanced metrics have been something else but i kind of like the advanced metrics like i go on baseball savant all the time um i love the features and things they have here i think Statcast is one of the best like innovations in baseball um i, I love the twitter pages that like go over Statcast. have you have you seen them yeah i've seen them i don't get some of those stats though like some of, i just don't understand them like or um okay. ops plus like i don't get it either <laughs> i don't know but i feel like the advanced metrics they do bring something to the game because now like scouts have so much more information to like compare players to one another and there's so much specific stats that regard to different things that I think it's important to look at these stats and 
I think uh, baseball is unlike any other game for another reason is because of these stats. Because, like, basketball, you can't really measure defense in a stat or NFL, you can't measure targets. But with baseball, there's pretty much a stat for everything. I think that kind of brings also the charm in it. Yeah. Okay, big question. Mm -hmm. How do you feel on playing a shift? Playing a shift. Like, what do you mean? Playing a shift off the stats? Defensively, like... I mean, well, it's necessary in the game. Like, you know, if you see something, you need to know. Like, because off- there's been talk about the MLB, like, making rules on not having shifts. I disagree with that entirely because I feel like, well, like, let's be honest. All right, left-handed pitcher, left-handed hitter, You, it's obvious you yeah. shift the infield and outfield to the right. Exactly. Like, that's part of the game. And you can't even shift for a double play, to be honest. Like, you need to have that. That's also a part of the game. That's like removing, I don't know, audibles from football. Yeah. Like, it's a major part of the game that I think needs to stay in. And I think, Sabrina, I think that's just about all the time we have for today. So I want to thank you for coming on. I know it's during your lunch period. You're a busy girl, you know, managing the baseball team and playing volleyball all the time. But, you know, thanks for coming out. And I'm glad for doing the baseball podcast with you. Thank you for having me. No problem. Anyway, we'll be right back after this on Slam Radio Series XM, channel 145. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the Playmaker Every. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. I get it. Your desk has been there for you. Holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. So that one makes a little more sense. Backwards, not even to get... How do you even, like, well, hold on. That might be actually difficult to... Para atrás ni para coger impulso. Don't even go back a step, to, even if it's just to go forward. It seems Always like it's a long forward. explanation. Yeah, it's hard it to... It seems like you have to write... Forward. It sounds like two, 250 words. Explain this sentence. That phrase needs an instruction manual. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know, that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Hey guys, and you're here with Sabrina, AKA SoFlo. And as you guys may know, my favorite MLB team is the Houston Astros. And I know I usually always get the backlash from it, and I'm actually quite used to it now. Um, every time I meet someone like that's a baseball fan, and they're like, oh, what team do you go for? And I'm like, the Astros. They like right away like put on a face of disappointment, and they're like, oh, no, you're one of those people. 
So, yeah, I'm used to it. I mean, all I could do now is, like, really defend them and just say my part. So, actually, I'm going to go over some of, like, my expectations for this season and kind of, like, rewind how they did last season and how I expect for this season, actually. So, one of the main things people always say about them is, like, oh, they're cheating. So, now every time when you see them, like, in a World Series or anything like that, it's like, oh, you can't believe them. They cheated. And it's like, you'd actually think now they would actually do the opposite to prove to, like, the league and to the fans, like, oh, we actually can make it. We're good, like, ourselves. Um, And actually, since that 2017 scandal, they've gone to the World Series twice, once in 2019 and then once in 2021. Um, 2020 was that COVID year that it was the Dodgers and the Rays. But other than that, I mean, we went to the World Series again in 2019. We ended up losing to the Nationals, but, you know, we took it to a seven-game series. We fought our way into it. And I think that right there proved enough after having such a scandal come out. And then, you know, I would think you want to try and prove yourself from here after having such, like, accusations on you that ended up being true. Um, you'd want to come back and redeem yourself and kind of show to the league, to everyone that, you know, you are meant to be here. You do earn what you get and that you can do it without cheating per se. So, yeah, I mean, they took it to seven game series and then in 2021, they actually went to the World Series again. Um, This one, they fell short a little more against the Braves. They lost for the two instead of taking it all the way. But You know, I think they've proved a lot since, and I think they still have a lot more to prove because people still don't believe them, and I mean, people probably never will. That's something that really can taint your reputation as a team, um, as a player per se. Maybe you move to another team, and even then, there you're still. Look at Garrett Cole. Um, He ended up going to the Yankees, and people still question him. And, you know, it just follows you around. So that's not something that you kind of want. And you want to redeem yourself from that. Show that that's not who you are. Um, And I think that's what they kind of did do. And I think they're still on the road to that. Um, This season seems to be a promising season. Last season was very promising. They took it all the way. Um, They went as far as they could. I think they could have beat the Braves, but, you know, they fell a little short. Um... This season has gone to a great start already. You know, we won the series 3-1 to the Angels. And, I mean, everyone's starting to hit already. Look, Bregman already has two home runs. Um, He's actually leading the team right now in RBIs with six RBIs. Two home runs actually leading also in hits, six hits and runs with four runs. He's He seems like he's going to have a really promising season. Maybe this is going to be, like, his ultimate season. Um, you know, players normally have that one season where they just show out as much as they can. I feel like this is going to be that year for Bregman. Um, if you also look at Kyle Tucker, last year he had a very impressive season. He came out and he proved that he should be there. So I think he's going to get a lot more playing time this season. And I think he's going to show his worth. Speaking about showing your worth, I feel like someone that is really going to step up to the plate is going to be Jeremy Pena. Like, he has a lot of pressure right now um, just making it up to the big leagues and, you know, having to fill in the shoes of Carlos Correa as our new shortstop. Um, But as he said himself, he was like, I want to play my game and I don't need to fill anyone else's shoes, which it's true. People are going to be constantly comparing him to Correa in these upcoming weeks, months, maybe the rest of the season. And... You know, that's a lot to, like, be compared to. But as he said, like, he's his own person. He's his own player. Um, Obviously, he's not going to be Korea. And I think he's already starting to show what he's made of. He already hit a home run. Um, That was actually a cute moment because his parents were getting interviewed. And at that moment is when he hits his first career, like, first MLB ever home run. And I think that was, like, a really nice moment. But other than that, um, Altuve had a bit of a rocky start. Uh, That's my favorite player, actually. But he had five strikeouts this series, and he already has a .083 batting average so far. Um, That's a big difference to the batting average leader right now, which would be Bregman with a .429. So 
I think Altuve has some catching up to do. Um, I mean, the season literally just started, so I'm not fearing that at all. I mean, he's in the lineup. He's our starting hitter. Yeah, I think he's fine. I think he just needs to, like, get back into it, find his groove again. But like I said, the season just started, so I might have just been, like, a bad series. Everyone has those. Um, another one that, well, but he's always kind of been like that would be, like, Martin Maldonado. Right now, his batting average is a 0 0 0 um, I mean, last last season, he ended with a .172 batting average. Uh, we saw in the World Series that, you know, normally he's not, like, the one that you want to come up to hit if you have, like, per se, like, bases low there or whatever. I mean, he does pull through sometimes, but it's not always there. That's normally why he's, like, probably like ninth batter. He's normally towards the end of the lineup. Um, hopefully this season is different for him, but I mean, he definitely proves his worth when it comes to catching wise. So that's why I'm, I'm not worried with him or anything. Now, last but not least, pitching. Pitching is so important in baseball. If you don't have pitching, you're, you're done for like a pitcher can solely win the game for you. And I think our possible rotation is going to be pretty solid. So it'll start off with Justin Verlander. Um, I know he is coming off of Tommy John surgery from last season, but I think he's going to come back better and stronger, and I think he's really going to pull through this season. Uh, after that, we'll have Framber Valdez. He's been pretty good. He had um, probably like his best season in 2021, actually, with 134 innings and a 3.14 ERA. That is like really good. And then after that, we'll have Luis Garcia, followed by probably Jake Odorizzi. And then probably Jose Urquidy. I don't know if I pronounced that right. I never could. So I know we lost Granky to the Royals, but, you know, I think our pitching staff will be fine. I think we'll do just fine. And I expect a lot from us this season. I have a prediction that we'll probably go around like 91 wins and 71 losses that's just a prediction I am not sure I think we can go all the way to the World Series but we'll see how it goes so go Astros and we'll be back hey look what I found a radio radio slam radio Sirius XM channel 145 millions plan for retirement online Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home. And give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Good morning, amigo. Amanda, your thoughts? So this is my first ever bowl of cereal with milk. So it's kind of an eye-opening experience. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's been the big joke. You didn't know that? You should have muted I thought you that. were kidding me. No, I seriously have never had a bowl of milk and cereal. I'm your daughter. How, I'm, I'm your daughter. My <laughs> I'm your daughter. Yes! Frank! Yes! <laughs> That's a bite. That's a bite. And coincidentally, we're eating cereal. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145. Slam Radio. Slam Radio has brought so much positivity into my life that allows so many young people to have a voice. I'm very thankful for this opportunity at Slam Radio. Not a lot of people get to say that they worked on the first radio station run inside a high school. I've learned so much from Frank the Tank. I've learned so much from Danny, from The Amigo. I've learned so much from them and I thank them so much and it means a lot to me. Slam Radio is a community. It just gives you opportunity. They give you opportunities that not many schools have. The people here are just great. Someone always has your back no matter what. It is definitely a place to leave your egos and your insecurities behind and just be yourself and all become one. I'm so thankful for everybody here at Slam Radio and I'm thankful for this wonderful opportunity that I've been given to jumpstart my career. You are listening to Slam Radio on Sirius XM 145. That's fine. This isn't recorded like We're good now? All right, and we're back on Slam Radio Sirius XM channel 145. I'm joined by the one, the only, SoFlo. Hi. Sabrina Flores. What's going on? So, lots to get to in baseball, opening week. Oof. And I want to know, did you know about the Clayton Kershaw incident that happened last night? 
So I just want to know, what are your thoughts? So for those who didn't know, Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game going into the eighth inning, and they pulled him straight up. And it's just seen as a stupid decision because, well, there's only been 27 perfect games in MLB history. And to have one go that far, like even in the fifth inning, if you have a perfect game going, like you're, that's when you start paying attention and you start noticing it. But by the seventh, you're legit looking at this as a possibility because there's only six more outs left in the game, if you think about it. I mean, I can see both ways. Like, I personally think they should have kept him. Um, like you said, it's a very rare thing to happen, and he mm-hmm. had it under control. It's not like he was starting to lose control or anything. Yeah. But I see both ways. Like, they did have a shortened spring training. Um, his arm wasn't as, like, prepared as usual past seasons. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that he is coming back from the injury. Right. He's had, like, previous pains. So it's, like, more like a precautious type of thing. But still, though, that's like baseball history right there. You don't interrupt that. Like, once he gives up a hit, okay, fine, pull him. But, like, if he hasn't given up a hit yet, like, come on. Or even a runner on base. Like, let's be honest here. Like, you got to call a spade a spade and be like, hey, this is baseball history. We're pretty much obstructing that by pulling him out. Like, you don't do that, man. He was on fire, too. He's throwing his stuff. Like, it's just it didn't make sense from Dave Roberts' perspective either. Like, I get it. Like, he was only at 80 pitches, too. It wasn't like he was at, like, 100 or 110. Like, you got to, like, I know we're in this advanced stats metrics in baseball now where we're looking at pitchers' arms rotations more cautiously. But I think that if it gets in the way of something monumental like that, like, Clayton Kershaw has thrown a no-hitter before. But to throw a perfect game, that's something only 27 other people have said they've done in their life and in history. So I think that you need to, you know, actually let this happen instead of just, you know, calling him out of the game. But, man, I think it was just a messed up situation by Dave Roberts in general. Yeah, and even then, like, when you brought up the pitch count, it was expected. I think he would have pitched the whole game. Mm-hmm. He would have get gotten, like, with how he was going, he would have gotten, like, maybe 103 pitches and ended the game like that. Exactly. So it's not like he was, like, exceeding by that much. I mean, if you look at the season, how it's gone so far – most starting pitchers haven't gone like past 100 pitches. Most have like barely reached 90 or reached 90. But I, I think he had it under control and he could have finished it strong. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. And I think just the season in general has been very interesting thus far. I mean, you see with the catchers and pitchers having like, you know, the technology now on the wrist, you know, the pitch location indicator. But I don't know. I think like steal like signs themselves. I get like you're Houston Hashros. Like we don't, bring we don't bring that out. But sign stealing was a part of the game. And to have it like removed in this capacity, I feel like you're ruining part of the game also. Thank you. I've been thinking exactly that. Like I feel like mm-hmm. it's messing with the game and I know a bunch of old school baseball fans will agree with that. Exactly. Like that's part of the game and changing it it kinda like ruins piece of the game. Yeah, and that's the same thing with the automated strike zones that they're proposing next CBA. Like it's the umpire's strike zone is a part, like, you're supposed to get used to the umpire's strike zone. Like, some umpires have a hitter's strike zone, some have a pitcher's strike zone. And that's something you deal with. Both teams have to deal with stealing signs and a bad strike zone. So it's not just one team benefiting off of another. But at the same time, we get it in, like, this technological age. If it's there, people just want the right call to be made. Like, for example, when they introduced challenging into the system, a lot of people thought that would just slow down the game more, but I think it's just generally benefited the game of baseball in general. Yeah, I personally like challenging. I feel like it's more accurate for the game. Mm-hmm. But something like the strike zone, uh, like you said, like it's part of the game to get used to it. Like the pitcher has to get used to what the umpire is calling. It's different every game. Different umpires have different strike zones, and it's part of the game to as a pitcher learn the umpire strike zone and kind of like adapt throughout the game and like the strike zone that technology version it's not going to be the same at all no at all it's going to be like especially angel hernandez he's a terrible umpire and we all know that but uh he has a certain charm when you face him it's like oh god it's going to be one of these games again but it's like Exactly. That's the fun. It brings out the fun in baseball. I feel like if you make this all robotic, you lose that fun that baseball has. Like baseball is not like any other sport where we need to be focusing on the most accurate, most pristine thing. Because let's be honest, baseball isn't all about accuracy. I mean, the best hitters in the world um, only get on base a third of the time. 
Like, we need to look at baseball as what can make the game more fun. And I think umpires make that game definitely more fun. For sure. I, I don't know. I, I don't agree with most technological changes. And, I mean, in baseball now, like, everything is so watched over. Mm-hmm. There's so many, like, stats and stuff that, like, even a couple of years ago, you'd never even heard of. And everything's just all about technology now and how to make it better with technology. Yeah, definitely. These advanced metrics have been something else. But I kind of like the advanced metrics. Like, I go on Baseball Savant all the time. Um, I love the features and things they have here. I think StatCast is one of the best, like, innovations in baseball. Um, I, I love the Twitter pages that, like, go over StatCast. Have you have you seen them? Yeah, I've seen them. I don't get some of those stats, though. Like, some of, I just don't understand. Like, OR, um, OPS+, like, I don't get it either. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like the advanced metrics, they do bring something to the game because now, like, scouts have so much more information to, like, compare players to one another, and there's so much specific stats that regard to different things that I think it's important to look at these stats. And I think uh, baseball is unlike any other game for another reason is because of these stats. Because, like, basketball, you can't really measure defense in a stat, or NFL, you can't measure targets. But with baseball, there's pretty much a stat for everything, and I think that kind of brings also the charm in it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel on playing a shift? Playing a shift. Like, what do you mean? Playing a shift off the stats? Like, I mean, well, it's necessary in the game. Like, you know, if you see something, you need to know. Like, because I've, there's been talk about the MLB, like, making rules on not having shifts. I disagree with that entirely. Because I feel like, well, like, let's be honest. All right, left-handed pitcher, left-handed hitter. You, It's obvious you shift the infield and outfield to the right. Like, that's part of the game. And you can't even shift for a double play, to be honest. Like, you need to have that. That's also a part of the game. That's like removing, I don't know, audibles from football. Like, it's a major part of the game that I think needs to stay in. And I think, Sabrina, I think that's just about all the time we have for today. So I want to thank you for coming on. I know it's during your lunch period. You're a busy girl, you know, managing the baseball team and playing volleyball all the time. But... No, thanks for coming out, and I'm p- glad for doing the baseball podcast with you. Thank you for having me. No problem. Anyway, we'll be right back after this on Slam Radio CSXM, channel 145. That's it? We're yeah. Done. Yeah, 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 we're done. Yeah, I know. We did terrible. Horrible. Oh, my God. She did good. Do you work on it, Yeah, I'll get it.